Hey there, you're listening to We Just Like to Talk. I'm your host, Becky. And I'm Kara. This is a podcast for easy listening about hard subjects. And today's guest is... Erica. Erica, you and I go way back to our university days. In fact, I think I I think I've known you longer than I've known Becky. <laughs> You're probably right. Yeah. So you and I met in our final year of university when we were both doing uh, the last year of our education degree, what we call teachers college. We were student teachers together in the same grade eight classroom. Yeah, it was four years too late. I wish we would have met in first year. <laughs> me too. Me too. Uh, you were an inspiration to me. You were an icon. I looked up to you as this smart, sassy, assertive person. And I'm just like, I, I want to be like her. Sassy and assertive for sure. But I would definitely give you the smart title in terms of our teaching pair. Oh, we we were both smart. Come on, we just we complemented each other so well. Absolutely, uh, we worked so well together. But um, you and I have come a long way in the past, I guess, ten years now. Um, I'm still teaching, but I'm now teaching in adult and continuing education. Uh, you've left teaching, um, so I just I wanted to have you on our podcast because I just I know that you've done a lot of really interesting kind of different pursuits. You've pivoted your career a couple of times. Uh, you've served on a lot of boards. Um, you've done a lot of volunteering. Um, I, I just I think that's impressive. And I, I think it's interesting for, for somebody who like us is, is, you know, in her 30s, we're kind of like embarking on this new stage of our adulthood, right? And uh, I just thought our listeners would find it interesting to hear from somebody who's really like explored a lot of different opportunities. That is awesome. Yeah, I think especially someone who thought I could only be like a job that I knew, a doctor, teacher, those titled jobs. And then you find out there's this whole other world. And then I've had a chance to kind of explore that. So I do think it is cool for people to know that there's more than those name jobs you've heard of before. That is actually such a good point, and I can relate on that front as well because I went into psychology and because I was like, oh, I'll probably be a psychologist at some point and, you know, thinking it was so streamlined and then I realized like, oh, I actually really enjoy marketing and writing and I feel like that wasn't as prominent like marketing or like communications. I was like, why didn't I know about this field before, you know? Yeah, I think there's a lot that we're not exposed to when we play those like career games, like life or whatever they teach you in civics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how would you describe yourself right now to somebody in terms of what you do and who you are? So I am a senior consultant at an executive search firm. Uh, that would be my work title. And 
Other than that, I would describe myself as a, a passionate advocate about things that I come across and, and a mom. Awesome. That's amazing. And can you explain to us and our listeners, like, what is there a difference between a recruiter and a consultant? Yeah, not really. I would say before I was more a recruiter under that title, I wasn't leading any of my own searches. So it was usually that a partner or someone else at my work would bring in the search, and then I would assist them in developing a pool of candidates. Now at this consultant level, I will bring in my own work, or if the work comes in and we win an RFP, like a request for proposal, um, then I might lead the search on my own and have people help assist to bring the search together with me. Okay. So you've leveled up. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> and like, what it, like, what types of roles are you recruiting for? Yeah. So I work uh, mainly on C-suite and VP level searches. um, Mm -hmm. And then they range the gamut. So I've done work in academic searches at universities. I do a lot of private sector. I recently, before I went on mat leave, um, hired a CEO for Commissioners Nova Scotia, which is... um, a security company that employs veterans. Uh, So that was kind of near and dear to my heart. So that was the last search I completed. But I've worked on like bio tech company searches, finance searches, private school searches. I've learned so much about so many different industries. And I love that because I feel like I have a little nibble of everything. And it helps me (laughs) a lot at like dinner parties because I'm like, oh, I know a little something about that. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You're like a specialist in what you do, but like a generalist in what you know, sort of. Exactly. Exactly. And you become yeah. like an expert for like a couple months about like whatever uh, you're looking at. And then it kind of gets stored in the back of your brain until you need to bring it back out again. <laughs> Can you so think of like what's one of the most kind of obscure positions you've had to fill? I had to hire a chief pilot, uh, which is like very much outside of like the leadership realm. It's a lot more hard Mm -hmm. skills and technical skills. And that was for a new Brunswick company. And it was like a, a crown corpish type company and, and new Brunswick, like bilingual province. It was just had a lot of interesting elements. And we ended up placing a chief pilot that was from new Brunswick, but had been living in Africa. Hmm. Whoa. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. And I just love my favorite part about my work is like finding those gems and being like, if I hadn't reached out to them, they probably would have never heard about this. But it was an amazing opportunity to either return to their own home province or or find a job that brings them up a level in their in their field. So that's my favorite part. Oh, I love that. I mean, you and I connected on LinkedIn and I connected with you without even realizing like, oh, this is Erica. Like, Kara's friend that she has mentioned time and time again like you know and you're the one that pointed it out and I'm like oh you're that Erica like (laughs) such a coincidence so do you do you feel like you're pretty active on LinkedIn and if so do you have like any tips for maybe like other consultants or recruiters for using LinkedIn Uh, I do think I'm pretty active in the 
back the back end side so the the hidden <laughs> side from people yeah. who aren't recruiters like I'm not nearly as awesome as you Becky I was saying to Kara that I was like oh when I go back to work I need to really post more um because yeah. I'm always in the back end and Kara said oh Becky could help you write some stuff like you can have her consult for you I said that's a great idea because I get really really focused in the work. And then I don't do as much of like the marketing of, of myself. But what I would say for people who are, are trying to market themselves on LinkedIn is to show personality. I think it's really changed mm. from back in the day, even like five or six years ago, when I started in recruiting, um, the more personality that I can see in your LinkedIn and on your page and the more description you give, the easier it is for me to figure out uh, if there's a fit there or at least if it's worth exploring a conversation. So I say put it all out there because in the back end, I'm doing like keyword searches a lot of the time. And so if you're missing that keyword from your page, I might not be able to find you. So I'd say throw it all out there and then see what sticks. Hmm. I love that cool. advice. And I totally agree with you. I think the more of your personality and who you are and not just like what you do shines through, I think that's like helpful for business owners and, you know, just anyone who's using LinkedIn in general, I think. Something I'm most impressed about with you, Erica, is how you've managed to serve on all of these different like boards of directors and committees and stuff. And when I say I'm, I'm impressed, it's just because you and I are close in age, but I still feel like I'm like, oh, that's something I'm going to do when I'm grown up. <laughs> um, so maybe could you talk a little bit about what kinds of committees and boards you've sought out and your experiences there? And, you know, if, if other young professionals are looking to get involved in that kind of work or volunteering opportunities, what kind of advice might you give them? Yeah. So I would start with like finding opportunities that speak to your heart. That's because volunteering is takes time out of your day, your schedule with people that you love and care about or other things that are pulling on you. So if you're volunteering for kind of like a resume builder, you probably aren't going to enjoy it. So choose things that feel like passionate to you. So I originally kind of got more into volunteering when I first moved to Halifax. I didn't know anybody and I was pretty lonely and I love students. I went to teacher's college, but I decided that being a classroom teacher wasn't for me, only for the brave like you, Cara. <laughs> but um, I thought I still miss being around students. So I started volunteering at a boys and girls club that had a Rogers raising the grade program at the time, where I was helping students with their homework. And I did that for about five or six years. And then when that kind of felt like I wasn't making as much of an impact that way anymore. I kind of turned to my next opportunity. And I had worked with the city, Halifax Regional Municipality on a few searches, specifically one um, in design and architecture. And my dad is a general contractor. So I always had like grown up knowing a bit about like building setbacks and roof lines and, and things that 
had to do with building, but I never really used it for anything. And, and I took some uh, sustainable geography courses in university that I thought were really cool. And then I was looking at the website for the city and there was a bunch of volunteer opportunities and there was one for the design review committee and they were looking for like a lay person. So most of the committee was architects, landscape architects, landscapers and engineers, but they needed like one or two lay people to sit on the committee. And I thought, well, I know a little bit about this kind of stuff and I'm definitely interested in it. So I'll just like throw my hat in the ring and then lo and behold, they put me on this committee. And then I realized it's like the only committee uh, at the time in Halifax that has like a legally binding nature to it and where whatever decisions we make has to be followed. And Ooh. I thought, what did I get myself into? <laughs> um, but you're you have the power now. Yeah, you're yeah. one voice in a group of people. So it's not all on your shoulders. But I just thought, if I care to see how the city grows and changes, and if I want to complain about stuff, or if I want to love stuff, then maybe I should get a part of it. And so that's really why I joined the design review committee and then ended up chairing it for, for a year. And I just left that committee in December and like now when I walk around the downtown area that we were in charge of overseeing any um, revisions to buildings that wanted to build outside of the bylaws I go our committee decided on that that's going to be here for a really long time that's pretty cool I can point that out to my kids one day you've had an impact on your city Mm -hmm. and how much of like a time commitment was this for you um so the meetings could range usually from like two to four hours, the very first meeting that I ever chaired was that really complex building. And the meeting ended up like going like six hours or something like that. And we didn't want to cut it off because we had gotten in so deep with it. And uh, so, but usually they're not that, that complicated. And then there's like some pre-reading time to that to really like understand what bylaws are asking for exceptions on and review the maps and things like that. So it's a couple, an hour to a couple hours of pre-read and then an hour to a couple hours of the meeting, usually once a month, sometimes twice. And then a lot of the time in the summers, we wouldn't have any meetings. And mm-hmm. sorry, is this, this is strictly volunteer or do you get compensated in some way? This was, that's strictly volunteering. Um, and then I was on a board for the Halifax and region military family resource center. And that was also completely volunteering, but you get some compensation in terms of your meal when you would go to the board meeting would be there for you. We got jackets and like Chris, little Christmas presents and stuff like that. But again, volunteering mainly like paid board opportunities are going to be more on the corporate side and Cara it's kind of what you're talking about like that's something I'll do when I grow up that's probably (laughs) something that I would never be able to get into until I'm a bit more seasoned professionally Mm -hmm. Mm. you have to be worth paying for and I don't I don't know (laughs) I am yet (laughs) I was just thinking I was just even thinking about the stuff that you do where it's like oh I, I would love one day to contribute my time beyond the board for something like an institution like our library or something, right? Where, like mm-hmm. you said, like guiding changes in our community. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it feels like this almost just unbridgeable gap because I'm just like, 
how do I do that? So I, I'm really enjoying hearing you talk about that process and, and how you got involved because you're making it feel much more attainable. Yeah, I, I think check out areas that interest you. Like you said, the library, your city website, like nonprofits in your area that are might be close to your heart. See when they're if they're looking for applicants or shoot them a message saying, when is the next time you'd be looking for board members? And then usually it's just a resume and a cover letter. And it never Mm -hmm. hurts to throw your hat in the ring. Like I've applied to boards and gotten rejected, um, but they said next time. And so at least you get in front of them showing that you can. Well, I also Mm. heard that you got your husband onto a board. (laughs) Kind of, uh, he was a little bit reluctant. Yeah, so he's interested in uh, sustainability in the environment. That's something he's passionate about. And he also, he's in the military and he hasn't had the same kind of ability to have career exploration that I've had. So volunteering and being on boards is a way that you can kind of touch those things so that when he does retire from the military, which will be at a fairly young age, likely, um, he he could have a second career. So I saw in my neighborhood that there was like signs up that there was going to be a community garden and they were looking for board members. And I was like, oh, Matt, that's like a perfect foray into <laughs> board work. It's just a community garden. It's not going to be a big thing, like whatever. So he wrote like this awesome cover letter. I was totally impressed. And then he got uh, put in as vice president of the of the board or vice chair. And then like two weeks into the board starting, the chair stepped down and he became chair. And I was like, oops, I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. (laughs) A little bit more of a time commitment than maybe he thought or. Yes. But I'm very proud of him. Like our community garden is thriving. It's going to be going into like its second full growing season. And it's right by the park where our kids play. And it's fun to watch all the kids run around and look at the vegetables. It's pretty cool. So Erica, you've, you've already shared quite a few kind of uh, things that you're proud of when it comes to your career and your uh, volunteering work and such. Are there any other big achievements that you're proud of in any aspect of your life? I think you might be alluding to my two little achievements, but I, I don't know. <laughs> I, that's one thing I was thinking of, but if there's yeah. anything else you could think of, like open question. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I am the, which is so crazy to say, like on recording, the mom of two little girls. Aww. Especially like car when I'm speaking to you, cause it like takes me back to my university days where I was mm-hmm. carefree. <laughs> well, and I remember, you know, we would supervise SK at lunchtime and we had gym with grade two students. So, and of course we dealt with hormonal grade seven and eight students. So we, we had like the whole elementary junior intermediate experience here and uh yeah that was that was a time and now you've got to take care of two little ones I know and I didn't really like doing the kindergarten because they all smelled like yogurt now I'm around yogurt all the time so (laughs) yeah what is what is with kids and eating yogurt all the time I don't get that just smell like sour milk but yeah (laughs) I have a three-year-old almost three-year-old uh her birthday's April Fools, uh, Bridget, and then I have Violet, who will be six months on the third. And yeah, just like figuring out how to be a good mom to them. And I think the best thing that I've been doing is being trying to be a good example. Um, so by volunteering, by being 
committed to my friends and family and by Mm. lately being committed to myself uh, and kind of finding that again um, after going through like two pregnancies and the pandemic and everything like that. We were kind of pre-chatting Becky um, before we started recording, but um, I had mentioned the the gym, mm-hmm. how I'm doing this fun challenge. And uh, I'll just brag about my gym for a second. They are so awesome, Evolve Fitness, and they raised like hundreds of thousands of dollars for small businesses in our area during the pandemic. Oh, wow. They do great for fitness, but they also give back. But right now they're doing like a six week challenge. And so I joined at the end of January and I have two weeks left basically now. And so what you do is you just pick five habits that you do every single day that you Mm -hmm. think will make an impact on whatever goal you have. Um, And you can pick any goal. So my goal was to go down one level in visceral fat. Um, So like they have a machine that that measures that kind of thing. And it's good for your cardiovascular health to have low visceral fat. So that was my is my goal, um, so that I can run around with my kids and play soccer (laughs) and and all that. Um, And so my five habits, if you do you guys want to know what they are? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it doesn't sound groundbreaking, but when you do it every day, it really has been for me um, to really commit to that. And I think I've lost like six or seven pounds in the last like four weeks. Um, And not that that's like the be all end all or anything, but it's been more comfortable to get back into my jeans. (laughs) Uh, But I'm drinking two liters of water every day. Wow. I'm walking walking 5,000 steps, which isn't a lot but when you're a stay-at-home mom like breastfeeding and you're like stuck to a chair a lot of the day you do have to kind of like make extra effort yeah any bit helps right that's what i tell my friends i've got a colleague i eat lunch with almost every day she's got two kids so she finds it hard to make time for herself and she started talking about going to the gym and you know every week i check in with her little accountability i'd be like Mm -hmm. you know did you get me to the gym and she's like oh i don't know and and so I told her, I'm like, any bit helps. Even if you're just there for half an hour, that's better mm-hmm. than not going at all, right? So, and I, Becky, I know you're all about the steps. So mm-hmm. that sounds yeah. like a great start. And then before you know it, one day it's going to be six and then seven and then 10,000 and you're off to the races. Well, yeah, because yeah. the 5,000 pushes me to move. I have to move. And so I go to the gym usually to get it or I go for like a 30 minute walk to get it. Yesterday when I was stuck at the airport all morning, I walked like 4K in the airport with Violet oh, <laughs> That's amazing. Well, and then once your kids are both kind of ambulatory uh, and no longer strapped to you, uh, I hear little ones like to run around a lot. <laughs> exactly. So that's so you're I'm basically training for the next phase of motherhood. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You're exactly right. Like I want to be their soccer coach and I want to run up and down the field. So I've got my steps. I've got my water. Uh, I eat one serving of veggies a day. And again, doesn't sound like much, but if you eat a bagel in the morning, which I will do a lot because it's easy and fast, then mm-hmm. at dinner or lunch, I'll get like a good healthy serving of veggies in, which is great for me. And then the two things that I'm not doing every day is I'm, and Cara, you might not like this one, but, and it was ha- the hardest one for me to give up um, is orange Pico tea with milk and sugar. I was really using mm-hmm. that to like kind of get me going in the morning because I don't drink coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've gone off that into herbal tea the last six weeks and then no drive through, which is a big one. Um, my 
baby falls asleep in the car all the time. And then I'd stuck driving around for like 30 minutes to an hour. So she gets in a good nap. And so I just be like, Oh, well, just go to the drive through. So there was a lot of chocolate chip cookies coming my way. Mm -hmm. Uh, So those five things have really uh, been a game changer for me to kind of kick things off. And I think next challenge, I'll start to think about things like protein and getting more granular but I started pretty high level this challenge just to kind of get me on the right track and uh, it's been awesome damn do you yep that's I'm sorry I was gonna say I feel like motivated to like do some sort of challenge now because I also (laughs) feel like when it's winter like I'm not using this as an excuse but it's like it's kind of true when it's winter it can be harder to be more active and especially like during the holiday season like I feel like before that I was so well I think there's like I think there's two factors I think it was like before the holiday season like I was a little bit less busy and I was really prioritizing going to the gym and I was working out like five times a week like four to five times a week which is pretty good and then I feel like going back to visit my parents and just like the hoopla of the holidays (laughs) really kind of derailed me and then plus it's like a little bit demotivating when it's winter time so I'm like less inclined to go out and I'm like oh it's fine like I'm just gonna stay in like I don't need to go to the gym today (laughs) and then I also feel like being like in a newer relationship you know you're you're kind of seeking a bit more balance like I think it's really easy to go on one extreme of like no we're just gonna stay in like eat pizza and and watch movie which is fine once in a while, but you can't do that all the time. (laughs) So yeah, I definitely find the winter can be demotivating. And so like the challenge kind of came at the right time because I was like, I got to get my steps in. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, I knew when I was flying back from Ottawa yesterday that it was icy here. So I was like, I better get my steps in the airport because Mm. if I get home then and it's too icy, I'm going to miss my goal. Because right now I haven't I have to check mark these things off every single day. And the last like 31 or however many days I've been going, I haven't missed anything. And now I've come this far. I'm like, I can't screw up. <laughs> yeah. There's like, there's like momentum that you there's built. There's totally momentum. So yeah. well, we've, t- we've talked about making new habits on the podcast before. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, it's a whole process. It's not something you can just switch on. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm glad my gym taught me to like break it down instead of making Mm. it like this big goal. Like it's called like a no resolutions challenge because a lot of people be like, I have this big resolution that like lasts the whole year. Um, But, but that can be really overwhelming and then you don't end up getting started. Whereas this, you just had to pick between two and five and then, Mm. so that made it really like manageable for me. And I didn't pick things that would overwhelm me and then because if I didn't start off on the right foot, I think I wouldn't have had as, like you said, as good of momentum. I recently switched from, this is not like a huge thing, but I switched from drinking coffee to either green tea or matcha. And I feel like that's been really nice. I feel like I'm just less jittery, but I still have, like I'm still getting a bit of a boost from the green tea, which is nice. Yeah. And I think those things like they do add up. That's, that's why you pick like mm-hmm. these little things that you can do because they do add up instead of picking something that's impossible and then you end up breaking it. Totally. And that's making me think too of like, because 
I I do like counting my steps and I do like seeing like how active I've been throughout the day. So I think maybe instead of like saying, okay, every single day I have to hit 10,000 steps, like maybe I'll start somewhere with like six or seven, you know, because I do walk around a lot in general in Montreal. So it's not, you know, it's not super hard for me to get that. But yeah, I like that suggestion. Can we go back quickly to career stuff? Mm-hmm. Because I'm really curious. Do you feel like there are any misconceptions about recruitment or like consulting or even like what you do? I definitely think there's misconceptions about headhunt. Like most people know being a recruiter is like a headhunter. And you see that mm-hmm. in movies. And it's like you're going after like and you're pu- like – cold calling them or you're like sleazy trying to like <laughs> get them off of what they're doing and doing you're always else. wearing a bluetooth headset everywhere <laughs> yeah and i uh, i think i'm like a, a gentle recruiter i don't know if that's a thing but a, and a respectful recruiter and i treat prospective candidates the way I would want to be treated that's exactly how I go about it so I will if I see somebody interest interesting and I even before I shoot them a message if they've just changed jobs in the last like six months maybe sometimes even a year I might not send them a note if they if I still really feel like I want to send them a note because they're like such a great fit for this role I'll usually say I saw that you've just changed roles. So this might not be the right time for you. Uh, Mm. If it's not, no worries. If you know anybody, let me know. Um, But I just wanted to send the opportunity your way. So try to be really respectful uh, of that type of situation. And if I send somebody a note and they say, I'm not interested, great, perfect. I will just leave it at that. Um, if they are interested, then I always try to have like a really open and honest conversation, um, like talking about salary at the outset. A lot of the times salary can be tough because in corporate roles, they can range. And sometimes that means that some places want to be kind of sleazy about that and try to get somebody at like a low price, but I don't feel comfortable with having clients that are interested in doing that like we pay the right amount for the experience that someone is bringing to the table um and so the work the company that i'm at like we say no to clients if we don't think they're a right fit for working with our our process um so it's really cool that way because we really stay in our lane and make sure that the clients that partner with us are following our process Um, But those are like a few of the things that I think are are misconceptions is like, it's more about me trying to get somebody into the role than getting the right person into the role. And that can be true at some of the lower levels of recruiting where it's a lot more transactional. Mm -hmm. At this level, though, like there's a huge time investment by the candidate, like to go through a fairly lengthy interview process, assessments often. Um, so I just try to be really transparent and open and honest, and I'm only bringing somebody along in that process if I think that like they would be really happy in the role if they were to get it at the end of the day. 
Mm. Cool. I love that. Wow. Mm-hmm. Do That's you amazing. see yourself pivoting careers yet again? Um, probably. <laughs> That's a I, great answer. I, I like I, the honesty. I think that I I am in love with my company. They are amazing to work for. They are two women owners, one who's owned and sold a business in like PR and communications before. Um, and I love like the business and operations side of things. I love making sure the business is functioning well. It has the right systems in place as the right tools, the right people at the right price. So the margins are good. Everything makes sense. So I can, I don't see myself leaving my company if I can, I want to stay there for an extremely long time forever if I could, but I would love to possibly transition more into the business side of things as time goes on and I get more experience and exposure to that because at the end of the day, I love the functioning of the business. So if I can play a part in that, that would kind of be the direction I'd like to go. Interesting. You've come such a long way from when we met each other at the (laughs) university. I love it. Yeah, I know. It's so funny. Like, I love students. I love kids. I love being a mom, but who knew how much I'd love business? <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I'm excited to see like your your journey going forward. And like who knows where all of us are going to be, right? Yeah. Mm. Yes. Yeah. I like Becky, I'm so impressed by your LinkedIn presence and and Carl <laughs> with your side business and your mm-hmm. LinkedIn and Thank you. Becky, do you want to finish off with your uh, astrological question? Mm, yeah, I was like, I was like well. debating between. I was like, oh, this one's good though too. Um, I love a good astrological question though. Oh, okay. Well, this is, uh, you know, very broad. But what's your zodiac sign, and do you feel like it fits you? Yes, absolutely. And I've always <laughs> felt this way. I'm a Libra. <laughs> Um, oh, okay. Yes. Um, and I believe to be a Libra so much that Cara, back in the day when I was like interviewing to be an RA at university, we had to give a presentation. I think it was like about ourselves or I don't even know what, but I made like a movable scale on a poster board using like cutting a Tim Hortons cup in half. And I had like these little chips about myself oh. that I put in each <laughs> side of the scale. Um, but Yeah, I I definitely see myself as a Libra because like I have a lot of different interests like across the board and they're all like equally important to me. Um, Mm -hmm. And I love for things to be even and balanced. Like I like little weird quirks like that I have to set like a TV volume to like zeros and fives and microwaves can only Mm. end in like fours and twos. Like if I'm setting a microwave time, it's, it's very bizarre. Uh, maybe that's just OCD and not Libra, but uh, I definitely <laughs> think I'm, I'm a Libra. I love that. That's yeah, and they're also always for like justice, right? Like equality amongst people, I believe. Yeah, it's funny. We left all my justice stuff out of this uh, podcast, <laughs> uh, but I, I am passionately trying to do things that are for the best of big groups of people. So. Mm. 
I mean, I just looked up, do Virgos and Libras get along? And apparently we do. So that explains oh, a lot. <laughs> oh, phew. Okay. <laughs> I wonder what signs Libras don't get along with. <laughs> Good question. Uh, whatever my daughter's sign is. My older daughter. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> did you want to share? Did you want to share anything about your uh, justice stuff? Oh well, just that we my daughter's daycare did close over the last couple of months, and we've been working as a group of families to understand that decision a little bit more. Just because it's a military family daycare and mm. childcare, when it comes to military families, is extremely important because we don't have family in the area to rely on. Um, and if my husband deploys, I'll be basically by myself, but with groups of friends that can help but have kids of their own. Um, and so for future strategy and recruiting and retaining uh, members of the Canadian forces, I think it's important to have strong child care for those, those members so that they can have that security that their family is taking care of. Um, mm -hmm. And in pursuing understanding the decision more and looking at ways to improve that decision making on closures or finding ways to keep it open. Um, I was invited to Ottawa. And that's where I was the last couple of days um, to help work on the Canadian Armed Forces childcare strategy. So I uh, got to be a part of a working group with a few other family members and then a bunch of people who work in military family services and run the MFRCs to kind of help design a future childcare strategy that will hopefully support uh, the families of military members. Nice. Wow. Yeah. See? You're just, Damn. Uh, I look up to you so much. Yeah. <laughs> so like, maybe, like 10 to 15 years, you're going to hear about like this really awesome comprehensive childcare strategy. Wow. Yes, I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, not, I'm not here to compare or anything but i'm like damn this woman has two <laughs> kids you know like you said you you live in a city where you don't have family which i understand that that's that's difficult um but it's like you know you're doing that and like you're volunteering and you're on boards and i'm like god damn what am i doing <laughs> with my time <laughs> no i think the same way about kara her knitting, her baking, her editing, the time she spends with her friends. I'm sure, Becky, I feel the same way if I got to know your pursuits <laughs> more. Um, it just happens that right now, uh, I always joke with my husband. I'm like, I wish I wasn't passionate about some of these things and I didn't have to follow these things down to the ends of the ends, but I just can't yeah. help myself. So that well, is something that, That's I'm what makes you who you are yeah. and so wonderful and so successful. So mm -hmm. I love that about you oh mm -hmm. well, i appreciate that because sometimes i feel like i should change it nope. i wonder it, i wonder are you like a like a strong like because it sounds like you're like a strong finisher but do you feel like you're a slow starter when it comes to like certain projects <sighs> i don't know no because i just don't have the time to be slow so i just yeah, like start. like you <laughs> see the opportunity and you're like that's like that's what I want to do so it's like yeah. you're a fast starter and like a strong finisher which I don't yeah I, I can't say if that's like rare or not but 
people tend to be like one or the other. Here's the thing. If I'm not interested in all, then I, then it's very hard for me to do it all. So it's like, I'm all in or I'm out is my, is my kind of like personality. Hmm. Like if I get assigned a project at work that like, I feel like I'm not, if I'm not given the right information to be able to do it really, really well, then it's Mm -hmm. really hard for me to buy in and like really nail the project because I'm like, I don't have what I need to like do a really good job. So. Mm. Hmm. Wow. That's awesome. Thanks, Erica, for uh, chatting with us today. Is there anything that you'd like to plug? I just would like to plug you guys and your amazing (laughs) podcast. Podcasts are the coolest and you're just putting information out there into the world about all different kinds of things. And I've learned so much through all the different podcasts that I listen to. So I think it's uh, just really nice that you invited me on to maybe share some things I would hit home with a few people. Um, But you're doing it in an accessible way. That's really fun. So thanks. Is there another podcast other than ours that you're really obsessed with right now that you'd like to promote? Yeah. I listen to Front Burner, which might be lame, uh, but that's a CBC podcast. And it's just like a little 15, 20, sometimes 30 minute podcast about like stuff going on in the news. It's kind of like the daily, but for Canada. And Mm -hmm. it just kind of helps me like have an idea of what's going on in our world and what I should be concerned about or what good things are happening and covers a range of topics. So I like that one. It just kind of sets me up to kind of know what's going on around me because I don't have cable. So I don't have news. So I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Becky, if people have been persuaded by Erica's <laughs> passionate uh, advocate, advocacy for our podcast, how could they get in touch with us? Well, you can email us at we just like to talk at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page that, once again, I have not updated. <laughs> we just like to talk. Um, and then, yeah, you can, well, obviously, you managed to find us. So I don't really need to say where you can find us, but yeah. <laughs> All podcast platforms. Hey, you got the email address right first try, so. Oof, I know. <laughs> I was sweating a little bit. I was going to make a joke because I heard it on um, The Bitch Bible. That's a great podcast if you, well, it's not for everyone, but it's it's very niche. Um, and I've been we'll listening to, to her. recommendations after this. Yeah, absolutely. But she at the end of one of her episodes she's like give make sure to give me five stars on grinder bumble and she was just naming like all these like random things and it was just so ridiculous that i was like hmm maybe i'll incorporate that into our podcast i think that could be funny um that next episode i'll do that anyway sorry you're gonna have to cut that out because that was the lengthy rant On my end. I don't know if I will. <laughs> yeah, like from here, there, and everywhere. Uh, thank you for joining thank us, Erica. You, Erica. you are amazing. Yay. And Becky, of course, you're also amazing, but you join thank me you, every time. So <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Erica. Thanks for having me, guys. Apparently, my kid's coming in the door crying, so I'm going to go oh. help her now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Bye, Erica. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.